0: Welcome to When Pigs Fly. We're a podcast that's uncovering Cincinnati's rich business history dating back from the 1800s to today. We talk to companies to learn the ups and the downs of entrepreneurship, what it takes to grow a successful business, and to simply prost to future innovation. I'm one of your co-hosts, Allie Martin.
1: And I'm your other co-host, Patrick Bailey.
0: And today, we actually have a bit of a special segment for you because it is our 50th episode episode and for the last 49 episodes or so we have been interviewing other people and today we're actually going to give you a little glimpse into who we are as people and we're going to be interviewing each other sort of and just having a conversation. (laughs) It's a get to know you session.
1: I'm excited because when this episode releases it will be exactly one year since our trailer episode released so really excited to having survived and thrived a full year during (laughs) a
0: pandemic too we might add
1: (laughs) (laughs) and we've met so many incredible guests and speakers and learned so much uh we're excited to talk about that a little bit including you know our backgrounds what brought us here and Mm. I would be remiss if I did not bring up the fact that This is also a special week for the city of Cincinnati because of the Cincinnati (laughs) Bengals making it into the Super Bowl for the first time in 33 years. So that is our history history nugget for today. Allie, do you want to elaborate?
0: Oh my gosh. Okay. Cause I'm just on this holy who day high. Let me tell you. Cause it was 81 <laughs> and 88, the last two times that we went to the Super Bowl. And who did we play? We played San Fran. We played the 49ers. And then if anyone watched the game the other week, I'm thinking, Oh my goodness. Is this, is this going to be it? Are we playing the 49ers again? Or, or we go to three times? There was a part of me that kind of wished we we would be playing the 49ers just because i want to them you do have 1988 them. yeah yeah but then again if we were to lose to the 49ers in the super bowl then it's like never play them ever again but it's just so exciting the city has never been more alive i've never been more proud to be a part of this city and immersed into the community i don't know if you feel the same way patrick but it's just electric and it's something we've never felt before
1: yeah uh, i could see on social media the, the electricity yeah. <laughs> yeah. because i was not in town feel it through your phone yes i could definitely feel it through my phone and through the twitterverse uh yeah. so uh people are very proud of the team and proud of the city and so mm-hmm. it's really exciting to see that i actually read a really great article AR post, really long post actually, about why this meant so much to the city of Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. You know, the city had, had been through a lot uh the 1980s. Yeah. The you know, the city saw, you know, a d- big decline and what mm-hmm. kind of helped the city get through that were the Bengals going to the Super Bowl sports, and some of the sports, yeah. the Cincinnati Reds uh d- doing pretty well uh, mm-hmm. in the World Series. And then in the 90s and early 2000s, you definitely just had this kind of gray cloud over the city whether it was racial tensions economic issues uh and so i think you're starting to see that change a little bit whether you know the economic development the new buildings at the banks otr you're seeing it you're seeing Mm -hmm. more and more businesses come downtown even though we've just been through a pandemic you could see it uh just from our podcast all the businesses that we brought on uh there's a lot happening here
0: but you bring up such a great point right it's we're, we're talking about sports here, and in any city, you know, sports bring people together. Mm-hmm. But when a sports team does well in a city, it also helps so many businesses, which allows us now to even elaborate more and have these conversations, like you said, with a lot of these business owners and entrepreneurs, because they're thriving. We truly right now actually kind of don't even have a seasonal depression because these businesses are doing so well in January. And moving forward, I'm I'm sure we'll still be interviewing a couple other businesses who are associated with the Bengals, whether it's, you know, Cincy shirts or something like that, that has to do with apparel, because I know they've been slammed, but it'll be great to get their perspective. But right now, now, we're going to talk a little bit about our perspective, and I know between the two of us, when we're out and about and meeting people or talking with people, the number one question is, okay, how did how did you two meet? How did myself and Patrick meet? <laughs>
1: that is usually and the first question. <laughs> it's always
0: the first question, and it's actually a fun one, and I think, you know, in a nutshell, we're also very lucky because, number one, we've, al- we've always, we've connected. We connected and clicked right away, which doesn't always happen when you're on a mic with somebody. Um, but two, you know, we had a lot of mutual friends. I was working at WCPO, a news station at the time, and was interviewing someone, and he was informed of this podcast that was starting. Thanks, shout out to Eric Hornum and Jay Klaus, who had started this Upside Network. And he goes, "You know what? I was asked to do it, but I didn't feel like I'm a good fit. I think you would be a good fit, Allie. Are you interested?" And next thing you know. Here we are. <laughs> Yours and is a little different. You were fangirling.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was definitely a fangirl uh, of uh, yeah. Jay and Eric's podcast called Upside because I do love working with startups. That's what I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I reached out to Eric like episode three. He just moved to Cincinnati didn't know much about the city. And we met at 1215 Wine and Coffee Bar, one of our previous (laughs) guests, Uh, got some coffee and then some wine and just chatted and got to know each other. And uh, he did reach out to me. It was what? I think it was like June of like 2020 of the pandemic and I yeah. just remember being like oh I'm tired of this pandemic and you know he's like do you want it and at first not gonna lie super hesitant uh, yeah because <laughs> I've never been on the media side never been on the <laughs> mic Allie this is like second nature to you and I said, you know what? Worst case scenario, it doesn't work out, whatever. So yeah. took the chance. I'm glad I took the chance because like you said, we just clicked right away and I think you've made mm-hmm. speaking on the mic a lot oh. easier than what I thought it would be. Uh, and you helped me have my personality shine through the mic. So Oh, which was thank so you. easy.
0: You have your well, thank you, but you did you did the majority of the legwork there. It's oh, just finding shucks. finding the <laughs> runway to do it. So I guess that's a great question, right? Let's start it out During this whole experience through over the last year, you know, what are some of the biggest key takeaways that you've learned?
1: So the first one is content creation in media (laughs) is harder than I thought. (laughs) Um, (laughs) because you know you see Instagram influencers and Facebook posts and news people they make it look so easy uh in terms of content creation but there's actually a lot of hard work that goes into that production
0: going into that there's a lot of yeah
1: like pre and post production and a lot of thought Mm -hmm. that goes into the content and you have to be consistent right um and consistency is king um is what I'm realizing you know what I'm you know, the Instagram influencers didn't become famous overnight. They just kept posting, you know, mm-hmm. what, three, four or five times a day. And they mm-hmm. did that for a year straight before they ever became, you know, famous. So yeah. it's similar thing when creating a podcast. You know, this is not going to happen overnight. Yeah. Um So that's the first thing. Second thing. I really loved learning about the different types of businesses. I, I work mm. with a lot of startups, a lot of tech startups, so they're growing really, really fast. But I think there's another side to entrepreneurship that doesn't get highlighted as much. You know, more the traditional businesses, whether it's the restaurants or you know mm-hmm. the clothing apparel store or the bakery or the coffee shop. You know, these are all important parts of our economy and our day-to-day lives Uh, and they are entrepreneurs in their own right because they have to think about things in new and creative ways to make things happen just to -hmm. to get things done and make some money and to uh, get through a pandemic so I would say those are the top two things for me what about you what did you learn throughout this process
0: Ooh, I have two thoughts on this and we're kind of bouncing off of each other a little bit here as well. The first one though, being the understanding of the foundation of podcasting as someone who has a background in media, who focuses heavily in video production, it's a different style of production. So moving into podcasting is more long form and I've really been enjoying understanding that foundation and really learning how to narrate a story and narrate an interview as we go and something that I'm... I think we do well and that I enjoy, is that we keep it more conversational. Um, some people like, might like podcasts that are a little bit more structured, but I like things to flow as thoughts continue to evolve. Um, But that's just, again, my personal opinion and learning the basics of the software and the behind the scenes of how podcasting works has been a great learning curve and a new experience. And on the flip side, where we also correlate here is you, Patrick. You have been learning more about the traditional businesses and from my experience I have had a chance to be very hands-on with traditional businesses. So learning the opposite side, which is the side that you kind of come from. And I've been really enjoying learning the, uh, learning about venture capital and private equity. Not venture capitalism. Um, not venture capitalism, as I've learned, but I still <laughs> I still want a t-shirt that says
1: venture capitalism. <laughs> I think it would be great. <laughs> That's going to be in our merch collection.
0: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Merch coming soon. Maybe. Who knows? Um, yeah, I think, I think learning about that side of entrepreneurship that you know, I'm aware of, but I don't, I don't really, I don't really know what I'm still learning hmm. and blockchain. And that's something that I hope to learn more about as we move forward, uh, and learning to embrace technology and, and understanding more about technology and how it's impacting businesses. So that's something that I would say, but what do you want to learn moving forward?
1: What I want to learn moving forward. Hmm. That is a good one. I want to keep diving into the narrative of what we could be doing better as a city, as a state, yeah. as a Midwest region in order to attract, you know, business, mm-hmm. you know, founders, whether it is a, more of a lifestyle business or a startup business, what can we do to support them better? I think there are mm-hmm. a lot of ideas and thoughts out there that we have not yet explored. So would would li- love to, you know, explore that a little bit more. What about you?
0: Uh, I would agree with that. I think there's still a lot of nuances in the yeah. city that, you know, we're we're still uncovering. I think we're getting there. Um, mm-hmm. One of my favorite episodes still to this day is with Scott Ruprecht from, you know, Giveback XP. And he's like, hey, we should be putting a boutique hotel at the top of Mount Adams in that Montessori building mm-hmm. where town property is. Not to dock town properties, but seeing more opportunities like that from even an infrastructural standpoint and getting more creative with our city, um, I I want to try to dive into more of those serious conversations of people who are game changers in this mm. city, and how can we how can we start to plant some of those ideas? And as we talk to more people, start to combine that information and that data and that content that we're getting from our from our interviewees, and us thinking a little bit more critically as to coming up with new ones. And then how do then we reach out to the people in our city that can also make an impact?
1: Yeah, make it make it happen. I don't know if we could facilitate that or I know the reason why you and I started this podcast was to at least start the conversation. So hopefully we can do that. On that note, a shameless plug here, go to our LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, DM us. It's just onepigsfly. Mm-hmm. Um some of them it's fly pod. Uh so you can find us there. Go to onepigsfly.fm. Uh you can download us wherever you listen to podcasts, give us a yes. rating review. Also email us at hosts at onepigsfly.fm. Okay, I'm sorry for the shameless plug, but had to to plug the information. Because all, you know, (laughs) Spotify is always changing.
0: But that even goes back to what we were talking before. Technology is ever changing. Mm. And sometimes I think as a city, we are slow to react to a lot of those changes for the better or for the worse. You know, I think we have a lot of traditional mindsets, which is good. But sometimes I think we can be more innovative and If we could find a way to maybe encourage implementation of new technologies faster would be Mm. very beneficial for our city. I don't know what that looks like, but we're figuring it
1: out. Right, the old mindsets in theory, right, are kind of our character. So how do Mm. we maintain our character while still moving forward, I think is going to be the question that we're asking.
0: we could be known as like conservanati, right? Um, We're much more family rooted here. Mm But sometimes that just means it's a little bit slower of a pace.
1: Yeah. And I think Ohio, though, is on (laughs) – The edge of a new era, right? Intel Mm -hmm. just announced the other week they're going to be coming to Columbus. And uh, a few other EV companies have announced uh, bringing jobs to Dayton area, to the Columbus area. Uh, You know, businesses are moving here. uh, So it would be exciting to see how that's going to affect the city of Cincinnati, the tri-state area, Mm and the state of Ohio uh, Kentucky, Indiana, you know, as a region, and yeah. um, I'm excited hopefully, to see where it goes.
0: Hopefully that fuels our city a little bit more, so then this this leads me to ask you, what fuels you?
1: Ooh. Hmm. I don't know. I know this sounds super altruistic, but for me, it was always about helping others in some way or some capacity uh you know at one point in time I thought I was going to go into politics which we will dive into this later in my background but I thought I was <laughs> going to go into politics because I thought politics for me was public service uh and mm-hmm. then I stopped that take took a break because it got a little a little nasty for my taste and uh, you know one thing that I'm starting to get back into is our politics in the sense of mm-hmm. local politics because I feel like it's a, it's, yeah, it's, um, it's a little bit cleaner. Yeah, it's important. It's a little bit cleaner, and it's more about depends. of. It's more about of the people by the people, yeah, right? Maybe yeah. since City Hall and since we still could use some some uh, good yeah. statesmen here. What well, we're, we're working we're on. on not it. Gonna we're not going to open that can. <laughs> <laughs> we're working on that, um, but you know, I think that's just has always fueled me, and that's kind of why. I got to working with startups and in venture yeah. capital was because I saw it as a way, this is super altruistic way of helping fund these really cool ideas, these people with dreams and goals t- that oh, want to yeah. make a difference in society, which, you know, they're, they all have their own motives, right? Um mm-hmm. And so you're kind of helping them through, you know, funding them. Uh yeah. Obviously, venture capital has, you know, that interest return, maybe that is the, capitalist in me uh, mm-hmm. but you know it, to me the money for like i don't get my satisfaction from like the monetary returns i know there are people out there like that nothing wrong with that but for me i get the satisfaction if yeah. you know they are successful in the end and they are bringing a product or service to the market that is super needed
0: no i love that i get that because i'm kind of kind of in the same, same yeah is that what kind too.
1: of fueled f- 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 you I've, in the media or a different you know
0: mm, i feel like this is a multifaceted. Answer because you know, if we're getting if we're going back like way back as to oh, when you're asking someone, like, oh, what do you want to be when you grow up? This is gonna sound so crazy. But um, in the sixth grade, I was writing commercials,
1: (laughs) so yeah, nerd, (laughs) like, so weird, so silly.
0: But I think that was one of the first those first moments of production. I didn't realize what I was Mm. doing, but I was writing and I was creating and I I was storyboarding in my head, Um, but also being an athlete. Uh, I have a very competitive side there. there, There's something about entrepreneurship and athletics that I think are very similar. Mm. And I, I started to grow a passion and an appreciation for seeing entrepreneurs because part of that then was fueled by my passion within the media where I kept doing video production event production when I was working with city beat with a a local print publication who is so heavily embedded into the community and working with local business I was like oh wow these people hustle and I respect this and then getting hired on by a news station where I'm telling stories in the community all of that just kind of intertwined and then I saw you know with my own personality of like I said being competitive and following these entrepreneur stories it's all just kind of molded together and it's 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 excites me giving people the opportunity to tell their story.
1: Hmm. And
0: when I look at my skill sets, I think self-awareness is so important. Um, what I think I bring to the table is I think I, I bring the ability to give other people attention. Hmm. And I used to get yelled at in the second grade and all the time throughout grade school for talking too much. So, you know what, throw me on a <laughs> mic. This is great. And let's let, let, let me tell uh yeah, let me tell other people's stories so that they can be heard. Mm. And however that impacts them. Or if other people can learn, laugh, cry, whatever it might be, it could be entertaining, make somebody smile, whatever it might be. Hopefully that's what I can give to the people, I guess. <laughs> because it's not I'm the same way, full circle, about not really striving for monetary value Mm -hmm. of course I want to you know grow things like this podcast and and I want to be paid for what I'm worth but I get more satisfaction about creating community about giving other people attention about Mm. giving people the spotlight and telling their story because I think everybody has a story to tell and that's what drives me
1: what is your story to tell Wrong. Perfect time to go into details. But of I your mean, background. I, I,
0: I don't know. I kind of, I kind of touched on it, it but like,
1: let's get let's let's dive in, right? Yeah. Like, Allie Martin <laughs> graduates from high school. What the heck happened next?
0: Identity crisis. Sports. Identity crisis. Sports was my life. It, hmm. It's a real thing, and and that's something that I would love to dive into more. You know, I don't know what that looks like in my career, but I, I think it's a very real thing. I, all I knew was sports. When I went to college, I chose not to continue. To play tennis or play basketball, I wanted to. I wanted to shift gears, uh, Mm. and I for sure wasn't positive about where I was going. But I knew I was missing sports, and the rest kind of fell into my lap of electronic media and video production. And then I realized, ooh, I'm actually kind of good at this. So let's keep this up. So you said you fell into
1: media production and electronic. Truly fell into it. Uh, yeah, explain How that. did what it happen?
0: Yeah. So uh, when I was, I went to school for advertising. And when I okay. went to Xavier, I was like, this Okay, explain the commercials. All... Explain the commercials. Yeah, I went just, yeah, yeah. yeah. Went, went to school for advertising. I was like, oh, this is good. I just felt like I wasn't being challenged enough and I was missing sports. So I thought maybe I'll go into sports marketing. Okay. So I went to the counselor's office and <laughs> I'm talking with the counselor and who walks in, the professor that truly changed my life. And she was listening to this narrative and this story. And, and my interest of going into sports that she goes, shout out to Bliss DeVault. She goes, you need to come to news. She goes, have you thought of sports broadcasting? And I was like, eh, I don't know. Not <laughs> really. Maybe. She's like, just come to news. You might hate it. It's fine. Just don't worry about it. Give just it a shot. come to news and let me, let me show you what electronic media is all about. Mm. And so I did. And next thing you know, I picked up an electronic media major and I was putting myself in front and behind the camera. And that's how I really started to master production. Uh, I was fortunate that Xavier has a small program. So I had the chance to really get my hands on a camera. And what were some of those I, early projects yeah. that you worked on? Oh, gosh. A lot of them were just like silly news packages. Um, but my Love favorite it. one to this day, and this is what this is what got me my first job, is I produced a short film, a nonfiction short film on the story of a young boy. Some people might recognize his name. His name is Gabe Putoff. He had spine he has spina bifida, and it also relates it correlates back to when Xavier and UC got into their brawl.
1: Hmm. When
0: Xavier beat UC, and this was at the Down Center, and I was a freshman at this time at Xavier. And we were ranked number eight or something at the time, and we were un- pretty much undefeated. And our season kind of started to tank after that brawl. And then what people don't realize what was happening behind the scenes is this boy by the name of Gabe, him and his father sent in a video to Xavier Athletics, to the basketball team, saying, if this boy is playing three sports and he has never scored a basket, made a goal, whatever, and he's out there hustling and persevering. What are you doing? Hmm. So it became this persevered story, and then Xavier ended up making it to like the Elite Eight or something like that. Really, They did really well in March Madness, but it was a reality check for them. So that was the story that I told, and that's what – I ended up winning a student Emmy, and then that's what got me hired into my first job at an advertising agency.
1: Okay, and And then – so advertising, what did you pick up and learn there?
0: Well, I realized I didn't want to be a copywriter because um, <laughs> I, I made the pivot. I kind of backtracking. I thought I wanted to do sports broadcasting. Mm-hmm. And once I got into the industry, I was like, oh, I like it. But I was more frustrated watching the athletes and me not playing. Now that I'm distant <laughs> from it, I, I enjoy it again. Um, so I was like, you know what? I, I want to go back into the agency, into the creative world. And when I mm. got in there, I was hired on as an intern. And it was the best thing for me. And I recommend anyone who is listening to this or may have, um, a son or a daughter who's in college, like internships are amazing. Take all the opportunities that you could get because I walked in there as a, like a project manager. I wasn't Mm -hmm. even a creative at the time, but it allowed me to get to know everybody and all of the roles. Mm -hmm. And I realized I didn't want to be a copywriter. Like I thought I did, but I also knew that I had this video skill that clients Wanted. This was this was just around the time that video production and social media started to to become a thing. Mm -hmm. And I pitched to them, I said, Hire me, let me do all your video production. I don't know what the (laughs) hell I was doing. But I figured it out, so I started their production department. And I learned that honestly is the I I learned so much because I learned how to shoot, I learned how to write, I learned how to produce. All on your own or did you have anybody teach you? All on my own.
1: That's impressive. I learned to
0: do it all on my own. Yeah, and YouTube. then I knew it was, yeah. YouTube, <laughs> truly, really, YouTube. YouTube, no, you, you oh, drink really? and you laugh. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was, I learned how to animate thanks to YouTube. YouTube is amazing, so I always Google. I guess
1: going to have to Google and YouTube. Yeah. So after advertising life, you end up
0: yeah and I'll, I'll make this quick moving forward yeah. I, I, I pivoted into city beat i knew i wanted to change i love chocolate milk and plumbing but i was like i'm kind of done producing videos about this right hey, now hmm. so i need to pivot and city beat i had an eye on that i i liked events because i had i got my feet wet in events actually with curiosity advertising a little bit so that was cool and uh, i became their event director for two years and then i got i learned i could throw a killer party I could throw a killer party um that's where i really started to get uh-uh. connected to the city of cincinnati and very grateful for that with a lot of the small businesses, which I am a firm and big believer in. Um, and then WCPO gave me a ring. <laughs> and next thing you know, they're like, hey, uh, this is like, do you want to like apply for this job? I don't know. I'm like, well, I have no honor experience. And like, that's fine. We'll figure it out. I'm like, okay, <laughs> here we go. So then, that, then there you go. I got the job, got hired at WCPO, and also found my way into radio. And here we are today.
1: What's but next for Allie Martin?
0: I plan to stay in the radio world and more to come with that. That's all I can say at this time. I'm moment. excited for the
1: tease. <laughs> I know. Ooh.
0: Okay, well, now that I led that on,
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs>
0: let's, let's, get, let's get the insight of you, Patrick, because you're not even in Cincinnati right now. You're up in Columbus.
1: Yeah, so I guess for me, my story uh, start, oh, i born and raised west side Cincinnati, so west side. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Whatever, i east side gal. We'll agree to disagree on that one. <laughs> agree to disagree. Uh, went to University of South Carolina, go Gamecocks. Yeah. Uh, so went out of state for school, uh, studied international business uh, and minored in Chinese, uh, totally going in there thinking I'm gonna do public service, right? thought I was going to be an ambassador to a country uh, or something like that. Yep. (laughs) Got got heavily involved (laughs) in politics while I was there. I actually uh, interned for uh, one presidential candidate in 2012 and then worked for a candidate in 2016. Mm. Uh, Both candidates lost, so you can take your guess on who those were or you can just reach out to me and I'll tell you. Um, (laughs) (laughs) MBA? Yes. Um, Learned a lot of very valuable skills at that about how yeah. the world works in terms of people. Uh there's I imagine you got a very
0: international perspective on that too.
1: Yeah. So, right, there's yeah. a lot of international I guess, influences in our politics that you mm-hmm. really don't think about. And you really only see like on the campaign trail in terms of, you know, there's a lot of people in media, a lot of business people that want to come in and meet the candidate, etc. So you see that. Um, so University of South Carolina, fun fact, has the number one international business uh, program in the country. Is that why you went? Yes, that is why I went. <laughs> mm-hmm. Went because uh, I got in, got a scholarship, and it's good weather, good food, so not complain (laughs) uh and you know studied international business minored in chinese which did not know chinese before i was like can you can you speak anything
0: you stepped in what
1: (laughs) i said i could speak chinese a little bit uh definitely lost some of my uh flair trying to get that back i actually lived in china for eight months Uh, in Beijing, uh, where I studied abroad at Tsinghua University, which is considered the Harvard of China. don't ever t- take a math program in China. You will fail. Um, <laughs> Good to know. <laughs> they are just way beyond our, our American skill sets. Uh, yeah, we but... all work on that. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's, that's it kind of led me, though, to where I am at today with startups. So while I'm in Beijing, I meet with a few diplomats who were working for the you know American Embassy in Beijing uh, and in Shanghai, just really thinking I'm going to do... Uh, diplomacy or law because of politics. So I'm there meeting a whole bunch of lo- international lawyers, diplomats. Yeah. Thinking, yes, like this is great. This is a great start. Hear from every single one of them, and they sounded like they did not really just enjoy their lives. Legitimately did it's not. Politics,
0: seem- man, it's a game. Well, it wasn't even politics. Oh, so we're all was- we're all playing a game. That was a stupid yeah. comment for me to make. <laughs> <laughs>
1: But, you know, I think, you know, for them, right, the, the on the law side, the international law, it's a lot of contracts. So you're just sitting at a desk reviewing contracts, you mm-hmm. know, all day. You're not actually talking to people. I'm a people person. Obviously, yeah. we're both, we both are. Yeah. Um, and so I didn't like that. And then for, you know, the diplomats, you're stamping passports and processing passports for 10 years before mm. you start doing any actual, like, actual diplomacy of like
0: mm-hmm.
1: helping people in the country. And you, you and didn't
0: want to go through that then?
1: I didn't want to spend 10 years of my life just pushing paperwork. I know like you have to work yeah. to get your way there but you know I would be fine pushing paperwork for a little bit but yeah, let yeah, me, yeah. <laughs> let well, me it, do some of the interesting stuff on top it of it. It correlates
0: with your, your then now thoughts of politics in general where it's a necessary evil but being a part of it is, is an ideal. Yeah. And you're, you're baked into that system.
1: So senior yeah. year had a quarter life crisis and oh. had to pick a second major, uh, is that was a requirement for the international business program. And I chose management, uh, the management major with an entrepreneurship track. So kind of the studious yeah. side of how to start a startup and a lot of leadership classes really loved with that, really loved working with startups there in South Carolina. Um, I forgot to mention in Beijing, I started my own startup. Uh, I automated WeChat, which people have probably heard about in the news, to do marketing in China. So that's kind of where I caught the entrepreneurship bug. And, you know, I was like, okay, cool. This is what I want to do. Obviously trying to find a job. It was startups and venture capital from South Carolina really hard. So I got into working in industrial automation uh, Mm. for a Taiwanese company here in the tri-state. and they so i got to use my chinese skills which is great not many people could yeah. say that they like use their i'm sure that was you know, very degree. appealing to them Yes, yeah, so yeah. just like okay this is not startup e at all it's definitely was like corporate but I got to learn a new industry, industry manufacturing industrial mm-hmm. automation touches everything. Uh, but, you know, learned that, did some product management work, and still had this love of working with startups. So was super involved in Startup Cincy, um Startup Week planning, and so just some of the local events that were happening there. Uh, got involved with United Way's Young Professionals Group here in the city. Um, and so you're meeting a lot of young businesses while you're doing that. And yeah. if so, fact, so I'm like, okay. I need to get involved with startups so that led to Generator, which they were on this episode. Um, yep. And I was running Accelerator Programming, which we talked about an Accelerator with Mortar uh, earlier on in our episode. So go back and check that out. And that's where I came to meet a lot of people in Cleveland, Youngstown, Pittsburgh and Akron because mm-hmm. I was running programming up there. Uh, I was supposed to move back to Cincinnati. <laughs> uh, but you not, the, yeah. I did during the pandemic, mm-hmm. and then I went back up there to you know run programming, and I was going to move back officially to Cincinnati, and then got this job to join Nationwide as their head of platform on the Ventures team. So I got to do the operations side of working on the Ventures team and get to see a lot of startups, get to go see a lot of events, and lots you've of really just beat, been, have the pulse.
0: You've really been all over the place, which is actually cool for y- your own experience and your own perspective within business, especially spanning from corporate to small startup. So what are your thoughts on that? You know, and, and where do you where yeah. what do you like where you know, where are you the most comfortable? What excites so you? So
1: I'm learning corporate still <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that working for Fortune 500, a Fortune 100 Excuse me, I'm going to get in trouble with uh, the, <laughs> the and team. But, you know, the Fortune 100 company is different than working on a startup. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think there's a lot of nuances that need to go into the corporate life that you just mm-hmm. really don't think about. And then in startup life, you got to be like fast, speed is key, yeah. and just Hustle. get things done. But yeah. Yeah. So those are, I would say, the biggest differences. But once you figure out those differences, I think... You know, you can kind of manage either. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and I think no matter what a person decides to do, I think they hire you for a reason within that role, yeah. whether it's a startup or a corporation. So clearly you can add something to the team. So, um, yeah. super lucky to be a part of this team. Uh, they've been super helpful. So, I am here in Columbus, but I'm pretty much back once a week, once a month uh, in Cincinnati. I've got to come I... back
0: to bourbon country.
1: I know. Well everybody asks me all the time, can you get, get us some bourbon? I'm like
0: Oh yeah. Your oh, mom yeah. did just text me the other day about <laughs> double double oak. She actually just went oak.
1: down she just went down there and got and got some. So
0: I know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we digress. We're bourbon drinkers if, if you haven't picked that one up yet.
1: <laughs> but yeah, so I think that's kind of led me to where I'm at today. And yeah. I'm grateful that this podcast can kind of run alongside what I do on a day to day basis I feel like I'm not sure if you feel like it runs alongside with what you do in the media but for me you know it very much so does in terms of mm-hmm. entrepreneurship keeping an eye on what's out there telling those stories and just staying up to date with what's happening um, yeah
0: I know I, I totally agree I think it's been really fun chatting with different entrepreneurs and people in different roles depending on the size of the business mm-hmm. um, because I think everybody is in different you know phases when we talk with them and so everybody again has something different to bring to the table and i hope that and i think we've been doing a good job of of pulling that out of people and so that's definitely one of my favorite parts and i totally resonate with you on the aspect of you know working with small startups and working for smaller companies to going more corporate and As time goes on and these experiences compile, I have got to know myself a little bit better and I've realized that I actually don't mind the corporate world Mm. as long as my internal team is solid. The small corporate or the small startup life is good. You know, CityBeat, we were so small. There's probably like 14 of us. And there was a lot of satisfaction in that because you had a lot of control and creative freedom but sometimes like the resources weren't always there. Right. Mm-hmm. But then if you move on into the corporate space, things are a little bit slower, right? Mm-hmm. The turnover time isn't quite as quick, but <laughs> there there's, you still can have that creative freedom, but there's still something about like that culture of bringing a lot of people under one brand I think is really powerful and really cool. As long as people are on board, you know, that's half the battle.
1: <laughs> what is one thing that you've learned in your short career thus far that you wish you could tell your younger self?
0: It's not all about you. Hmm. Um, and
1: what, what, what do you mean by that?
0: I, I think especially within media, I think people can get sidetracked as to why they're doing what they're doing. Hmm. Now, am I a hypocrite for saying this because I'm in media? Potentially. But we live in a convenience culture. We are a self-first culture, which, don't get me wrong, it is extremely important to put your mental and physical well-being first, uh, but also it shouldn't be all-encompassing. And as a generation, I think we've seen that happen. And if everything is about us all the time, then we lose sight of other perspectives, we lose empathy, we lose a passion as to why we're doing what we're doing and leading with good intent.
1: But I feel like that's something maybe young media personalities probably always deal with, right? Because Mm -hmm. you have this perception of what a media personality is, and then there's the reality um yeah. what a media person personality is and yeah. you know i think you're one of the best media personalities the oh, city of cincinnati <laughs> has whether it's Still live learning. events oh, uh, okay. radio tv you can do it all uh you can edit so i'm super excited about your next chapter and oh, i'm super excited for you great. to share that with everyone here shortly oh, um you. but yes
0: yeah the goal the goal i think especially with media is just to again it's not it's not all about us, you know, mm-hmm. as we as we have an episode dedicated to us, which is ironic. Um, <laughs> but this is why we also waited this long to do this, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I think that's just people, if you're trying to get into media or if you're trying to get into podcasting or whatever it is, make sure you're doing it for the right reasons. Um, I remember and you that telling me that and when, yourself when we started. A- yeah, you're self-aware enough um, to know who you are as an individual, which is sometimes easier said than done. Mm. Uh, It's really self-reflecting because having an authentic self in what we're doing is really important. Um, But yeah, what about you?
1: Ooh, what I would tell my younger self, everything will work out. I think, you know, Mm. growing up, I was very pretty much like, type A rigid personality. And I would say people yeah. today probably don't see that same side because I've been through all these experiences. Yeah. Things will work out in the end. You will end up where you need to be uh, in that time. And I think just reminding younger self and younger people that like, if you have a goal, uh, you can reach it, you know, have it in mind. You can get there and you will get there. It just might take some time, but just put some work towards it. You know, I think I had some professors actually in college told me that I would never work in venture capital. there's nothing there's nothing better than somebody
0: saying that you can't do something.
1: Oh yeah. So it was like okay game on at that point. Um but you know look at me now. I'm here. Uh, So (laughs) (laughs) look at me now. But yeah, so I think that's what I would tell younger Patrick is hey, everything will work out. You'll end up where you need to be don't stress yeah. as much, enjoy it more, enjoy the process, which I think a lot of our entrepreneurs do, right? They enjoy the journey. And I think that's why they thrive as entrepreneurs is because they truly enjoy that journey. So I'm hoping, you know, some of that rubs off on me yeah. in our conversations.
0: Well, and that, it's, I, lo- I, I absolutely love that. And just speaking of entrepreneurs and back to this podcast, one of my, one of why I love highlighting entrepreneurs so much is because it is hard. Mm. right yes everything will work out but it is hard and you have to want it and there have been mm-hmm. a couple people who have even come on this podcast who will say if you want it you need to know that you want to be an entrepreneur if you're gonna start something mm-hmm. because it is long hours and it is tough and it could be grueling and grinding and these people are hard workers and I really I really respect that really yes.
1: respect that and I think you know, there have been a lot of learnings, go back to our previous, you know, Mm. kind of, I guess, recap episodes and even download all the episodes you have not listened to yet. And you know, go learn some of the cool things that Ali and I myself have <laughs> learned over the course of these fifty episodes in this year this so of doing a podcast. Ali, we made it a year. Not many podcasts make it a year, so I'm Proud super excited to have made it a year. Uh, have you as my co host mm-hmm. and a friend? Uh, and so, Ali, what is most important thing people can do yes. with our podcast?
0: to like and subscribe. Let's not forget about that because Spotify and all these platforms are always changing. But do not forget to tell a friend if you like this podcast, your dog, your aunt, whoever it might be because uh, we really appreciate you listening and also if you have any ideas of businesses or entrepreneurs or topics yes, that you want reach us to add on reach out to us send us a voicemail send us an email ping us Wait. on the socials we appreciate it is
1: this it. 1990 over here okay, send us a voicemail send us a <laughs> fax yeah,
0: send us a fa- <laughs> voicemail like leave us a voicemail do it we could air it get out of, get out of town
1: on that note Allie I think cheers. it's time to cheers <laughs> cheers
0: And here's some necessary legal stuff. Allie Martin and Patrick Bailey developed the When Pigs Fly podcast in collaboration with the Up Company LLC. At the time of this recording, we do not own equity or any financial interest in the companies which appear on the show unless otherwise indicated. All opinions expressed by podcast participants are solely their own opinion and do not reflect the opinions of the E.W. Scripps Company and its affiliates or Generator Management LLC and its affiliates or any entity which employs us. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon as a basis for investment decisions. We have not considered your specific financial situation nor provided any investment or legal advice on the show. Thanks for listening and we'll talk to you next week. We also wanna give a shout out to Claire and Christian of Moonbow. They're the two artists of our intro song, which is so catchy and get stuck in our heads all the time. So bop over to Spotify or wherever you find your music and give them a listen. And Like the Night by Moonbow is courtesy of Silver Lake Sync.